0: This is Wayne. Hey, Wayne! Welcome to the Fortress of Solitude. It's about time you guys let me in. I've been standing outside in the snow, just hammering on the door. Well, we so left you guys watch episode. the movie without me. <laughs> we left that key out there for you. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, we probably should put that giant key under a giant mat, Paul. Just yeah, so probably, that nobody, nobody. Knows giant it looks- <laughs> <laughs> a giant rock. A giant Heide
2: key. <laughs> We call those icebergs out here. <laughs> yeah. Is it really a fortress of solitude if there's two of us in here? Um, three. I guess three now. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's it's you know it's kind of
1: like the lone wolves, <laughs> <laughs> the one man wolf pack, as it were. That's right. That's right. So Paul, yes, sir. There is a decided funk in this in the fortress today, and, and I think it's coming from you. <laughs> No. No, no. You, you smell a little funky, a little, a little off. Perhaps do, alien. Do, do I smell like twenty dollar cologne? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. You you, you, you have identified it perfectly, Paul.
2: Perhaps that's because I'm wearing $20 cologne. (laughs) Paul, why would you do such a thing? Well, Hot Topic. I went to Hot Topic yesterday, and I made a couple of purchases. So you're a teenage girl. (laughs) I'm a a goth teenage girl.
0: (laughs) I I went to Hot Topic last night as well, and I I didn't make any purchases, but I almost did.
2: (laughs) So I was shopping for nipple rings, and um, (laughs) – (laughs)
1: <laughs> your, your your superman shield nipple rings yeah yeah, yeah.
2: and and the the, the balls for my ear um but I, <laughs> I i ended up picking up a couple things i picked up a superboy funko pop it is a pre new 52 superboy with the uh, black t-shirt and the blue jeans um so i, I mean I, I think he looks awesome i'm really I, excited about I, that I, I saw your picture of that on Fine. instagram and i approve yeah it is i mean it's I, I, I love Connor Kent's Superboy. I do too. And I didn't even know they made a fun pop of him. So I mean that was that was I was not leaving without picking that up.
1: You know, I saw that and you know, the problem is when they give you something awesome, you know, you want more. And so mm-hmm. I saw that and I'm like, Oh man, what they really need is is the superboy in his, you know, real steel deal outfit. You know, fade haircut and whatnot. And no, I would it, buy that. Yeah, I'm like, fuck, I would be so on that. And oh, oh, and a cyborg Superman. Oh, 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 and a steel Superman. You know, <laughs> I was just, you know, I went and an eradicator. Eradicator. You know, I, I, just, I would buy all of those. I went totally reign of the Superman on that. Uh, you know, just because they gave me one thing that I didn't know I wanted, but
2: now I have to have it. <laughs> and more. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And fuck so, are yeah, not giving it to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I opened it, and I put it on my shelf in my Superman collection. Well, I, and I'm glad to hear you opened it. I was worried you were going to leave it in the box. You know, I thought – the Funko Pops, I love them so much I take them out. I mean I have to display them. Those look a little silly. Just yeah, no, I agree. They, they, need, they need to be out on full display. Yeah. So in addition to buying the Funko Pops Superboy, I also picked up – they had um a Superman cologne and a Batman cologne because um, I guess Batman cologne smells like vengeance. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, <laughs> and Superman Cologne smells like uh, I don't know, a, a, a dead aliens. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Well, well, does does the Batman Cologne smell like you took eight years off?
2: You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the sad thing is they don't have testers out. I mean, it's hot topic, not Macy's.
1: Well, and their twenty dollar cologne. You know, you're you're getting you're getting a, a bottle of stink is what you're getting. Yeah.
2: <laughs> You're getting the shit that you used to keep in your glove box when you were 17. Yeah, basically. Well,
1: the, the reason why he's the last son of Krypton is those guys all smelled like that.
2: Mm. <laughs> Funk. Um,
0: <laughs> it's not horrible.
2: Would... It doesn't smell like cat pee. <laughs> <laughs> My cat marked me. <laughs> we, should, we should make a, a, a cologne out of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I picked that up and you know, I mean, Hot Topic has a whole bunch of new Superman stuff and they have a, a line of exclusive T shirts and stuff like that. So I mean if you're a, a Superman fan and if you don't if you're looking for something to wear to the Man of Steel showing um that you're going to, Hot Topic has some pretty cool t shirts. They have a t shirt that I almost bought, but I hesitated because it seems a little girly. Uh-huh. <laughs> And, and why do you say that, Paul? Well, it's the big Wonder Woman Superman kiss from Justice League number, what, 12, written or drawn by Jim Lee. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. And it's, you know, I mean, that's the shirt. And uh-huh. it, it's a really striking shirt with really nice art. But at the same time, <laughs> it, it's Wonder Woman and Superman making out on your t shirt. And so it seemed a little excessive.
1: Uh huh. Se- seemed a, a little on the nose you know a little a little you know yeah i've got a i've got a teeny weenie and a and a little a little mangina is that what you're
0: <laughs> <laughs> a, a little bit a little yeah. bit yeah yeah you know, i was kind of disappointed to buy the hot topic stuff because they had a lot of really cool batman stuff that i wanted in superman like they have a usb speakers that mm-hmm. are one of the batman like uh pop things just like the uh you know just like those funko pops only it's a speaker they had that in superman they had are they had that in batman They had more of those uh, figures, kind of like the domos, except they were just the DC figures. They weren't domos. But those were all in uh, Batman. And I like Batman, but I'm building up my own Superman collection now. And I I wanted it all in Superman, but they didn't have that. What I have been looking at lately, though, that uh, I'm actually surprised my wife hasn't started making fun of me for it. I've been hunting around. I I bought a new car back in December, a Honda Civic. I've been hunting around for a Superman – uh like the s shield emblem to replace the honda emblem on the front of the car oh yeah i've been thinking about getting the one of those uh i guess they're stickers but like the full steel decal on the front because my car is gray so i don't want to do the full color one right but like the steel superman s shield would be perfect right on the hood of my car covering the whole front hood i think what you need are
1: superman shield spinners I've been looking for those, too. <laughs> we could totally pimp up your car with uh, Superman stuff.
0: That's that's what I'm wanting to do, and I've been looking around for it. And just uh, I haven't made my first purchase yet, but I'm trying to find all the things I want so I can pimp out my car.
2: <laughs> pimp my ride with Superman stuff.
0: <laughs> I
1: like it. Yeah, cut, print. We'll take that one. So Man of Steel Day, Paul, what day does that
2: fall on the calendar? So the Wednesday before Man of Steel comes out in theaters, DC has announced that it will be Man of Steel Day. So that's Wednesday, June 12th, um, will be Man of Steel Day. Um, and they are giving away at comic shops a, a free copy of All-Star Superman number 1 written by Grant Morrison with art by Frank Quitely. Um, and they're also going to have uh, special Man of Steel bags and other little goodies um you know at comic stores throughout america so i mean if you've not read all-star superman a lot of people say it is a fantastic superman story i am not one of them
0: yeah same here but
2: um you know
0: i'm with you guys on it. as much as everyone tells me how wonderful it is it did not hit home for me at all i did like the the cartoon better than the comic though
2: Yeah, I mean, I felt the cartoon pieced together things better than the comic book, but at the same time, a lot of people do like it. So, I mean, if you are interested in Man of Steel Day, local comic shop, Wednesday, June 12th. Um, Now, what I feel they should have instead given away, though, is a print edition of the prequel comic that Walmart was giving away um, with Man of Steel
0: when you bought your Man of Steel movie tickets from them. Speaking of uh, Walmart, before we get into the prequel comic, Paul. Did you get one of the flyers, the, uh, Premier ready guides when you were there? Yes, I did. So on June 1st, the, uh, they're doing even more things for Superman at Walmart. Like they're unlocking so we didn't talk through the about, Superman app. Yeah. So we didn't talk about it on this show. And uh, if you're
2: interested in more, the longer story, um, listen to our other podcast, funny books with Aaron and Polly. Um, but last weekend, or as of this recording, uh, you know, last weekend, um, Wayne and I went to Walmart to pick up our tickets for the uh, Walmart premiere night of Man of Steel, the 7 p.m. showings on Thursday, June 13th. And they gave out these little flyers that show other merchandise, including, like, pizza and stuff that they're going to be selling at Walmart. And on June 1st, yeah, there's going to be a, a Man of a Man of Steel experience app that unlocks uh, exclusive content as you go through the store.
0: Your Walmart. Yeah, like if, in the toy department, there's going to be a Lego sign. In the health and beauty, there's a Gillette sign. Uh, in clothing, there's an Energizer sign. And there'll be QR codes set up on these signs. And you just go around with the app, and you scan it, and it unlocks things for you. Like, now, uh, oh, like a photo with Superman, a, yeah, a footage of Zod's army invading, you know, unlocking more from Krypton. I'm, I'm going to have to do that. I'm looking forward to it. Now, I will say tread carefully. I have been to four
2: Walmarts in the last week and only and only half of them have had the Man of Steel um, set up that they promised would be at all Walmarts, which is the huge standee with all the merchandise in it. I've only seen it at two of the four Walmarts that I've been to. So, I mean, just be careful. You know, it's Walmart, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not going to be 100 percent. You've been um, to you've been to four Walmarts over
1: what period of time? One week. That sounds, like, <laughs> that sounds like hell.
2: Yeah, it really right. is. But I, you know what?
0: Freaking, did you need Duck Dynasty t-shirts or something?
2: <laughs> well, it's frustrating to me because freaking Walmart has a lot of exclusive Man of Steel merchandise. I mean, they have an exclusive line of action figures. Um, I mean, they have a lot of exclusive exclusive t-shirts and, and um, gift cards and all sorts of exclusive items yeah. just at Walmart. So it's very to frustrating usually, to me to go
0: there. I usually have to go to Target and Toys R Us to get the exclusive stuff. I'm not used to Walmart getting anything exclusive.
2: Yeah, and I will say I don't know if the Man of Steel premiere night um, thing worked out as well as they'd hoped. I mean at the one I went to, there were only seven people.
0: Um, Yeah, I went after we recorded. By the time I got there, there was no line. I got tickets number – I think it was 131 and 132 out of 150.
2: Yeah, but I'm sure they weren't in order. You know, I mean like I said, I was second in line, and I got – I mean, my ticket has a number of uh, 147 of 150, and I was second in line. So,
0: <laughs> okay. So by what I may have been 132 and 131, counting down from 150. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Very possible.
2: Um, so you know, it, I I don't know if this uh, this particular um, promotion worked out the way they wanted it to. But I mean, I guess we'll see. You know, at those 7 p.m. showings. But I don't know. I mean. If there's less people in it, that's fine for me as a moviegoer because I don't have to deal with a bunch of idiots. Yeah. But uh, not, not so successful of a promotion for them.
0: Yeah. yeah. I want this movie to be very good, and I want it to be successful because both of those will lead to more Superman movies.
1: No, absolutely. And, and a quicker Justice League movie.
0: Yeah. 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 So I don't want to complain about free stuff, but I'm going to. Uh-oh. Here we go. So
2: with your Walmart premiere tickets, you received um, a code – to unlock free bonus content, including an exclusive digital comic, an opportunity to pre-order Man of Steel digitally, and three free animated episodes of Superman the Animated Series. Unfortunately, all available through Vudu, VUDU.com. Now, I have no problem watching movies from Vudu.com. However, it is not a comic book native app. It's not available on the Kindle. Um, the code doesn't unlock the prequel comic through comiXology. It doesn't add it to your DC Entertainment purchases or anything like that. You have to read it through the Voodoo app. Hmm. And that's very frustrating for me because,
0: you know, I would both be fine because it is on Android and it is on iPad.
2: Yeah. I, but I, I mean, but I mean, can you still read the comic on it? Uh, I downloaded I the Voodoo app- yeah, because I downloaded the Voodoo app on my iPhone. And uh, you can still only watch videos. You can't read the comic. So it's almost like you have to read it on a computer. Um, That being said, you know, I mean, if anyone is, if any one of our listeners is interested in getting their hands on a digital copy of this preview comic, I or this prequel comic, I do have a digital code um, to give away, and we'll talk about how to get that at the end of the show.
0: Oh, actually, I have an extra one as well. Yeah,
2: so we might have a couple to hand out, but we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Um, but now let's talk about the prequel comic itself and a little bit of spoiler warning on. So you might want to skip like the next five, ten minutes. Okay. Um, don't tell people to skip. What are you doing? Don't skip the next five, ten minutes. Okay. Well, you. it doesn't really spoil anything. It just spoils the comic.
1: Well, and I think that I think that what it will do is it will it, – I think it's going to spoil a little bit of the flavor of Man of Steel because I, I think that, that uh, it's, it's setting – and you know, we've certainly seen that in some of the trailers, so if you've seen a trailer, we're not gonna tell you anything that, that doesn't the trailer doesn't already tell you about the movie. But I think that there is a texture and environmental feel that this comic really does open up on what the movie's gonna be like. So I mean that's just that's just my opinion. I could be wrong.
2: I mean I don't know. I so the the prequel comic tells the story of Kara Zorel in the Man of Steel universe, and um, and you know sets up something that I'm sure will come into play in the movie, which is that Kryptonians have been to Earth before.
1: Well, and um, sets up in the movie that Clark, or Kal-El, is not the last son of Krypton. That there are a whole lot, it looks like there are a whole lot of fucking Kryptonians that survived the death of Krypton.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I read the comic, I really enjoyed the story, but I have to say that that is a feel- that makes me because i've always liked the idea of superman being if not unique at least rare yeah if there are if krypton really was as the comic lays out a space-faring race that went out to colonize then there are kryptonians all through the universe and that makes him less special any of them could come to earth like zod is going to in the movie and they'll be just as powerful as he is
1: now the uh, the book has a has a stellar cast on who put it together. You know, story by uh, David S. Goyer, Jeff Johns, and Zack Snyder. So you know, there's your uh, your your gold medal team right there. And the script is by Sterling Gates, and we like Sterling Gates over here. Um, and pencils are by one of my favorite Superman artists, Jerry Ordway.
2: Mm-hmm. So and also I'm, the artist on the original Batman 1989 uh, movie adaptation comic.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. No, I I love Jerry Ordway, and I I really enjoyed the artwork in this book. Um, yeah. I, in fact, he he draws that scene that we've seen so much from uh, the Man of Steel film with you know Superman next to the bank vault, and God, I love that. I mean, that is that is just a beautiful image. Yeah, he does a great job with it. Yeah.
2: You know, I got to say um, overall, I mean, I know there are some misgivings as to the direction of the story. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed this prequel comic quite a bit. No, I did oh, too. Yeah.
0: I loved the comic. I said it made me nervous about the movie and the uh, the feel of Kryptonians, but the comic itself was a great story. And ever, anyone that's listened to uh, funny books knows that I'm a big Supergirl fan as well. Yeah. I've I've always liked the character and this take on her is would make an interesting Supergirl
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and here's the thing: I don't think Supergirl's going to be in the Man of Steel movie. I would be very shocked if she was. Um, I think
0: if she is, I think it will be a cameo near the end, not in costume, setting up for her being in the next movie, at most. Yeah, at most, or maybe yeah. even after I mean, the but, credit thing.
2: Yeah, but it is nice to know that she exists in the universe, and they found, you know, and they found a way to include her in that universe in a story written by the creators of the Man of, or the writers of the Man of Steel movie. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a pretty damn good comic book,
1: and it and it turns pretty damn dark.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I mean, the the stuff that goes on on that spaceship is pretty dark. You know, yeah. you, can, you can fill in the gaps on what's going on there that they don't explicitly state. But I mean, you know, you're just like, holy shit, this is not the kind of thing you generally see in a Superman book. You know? Yeah.
2: But, and we're not uh, going to spoil the entire book for you. Yeah. Just to say that it is worth picking up. Well, it is. I mean, if, if you're getting tickets from the Walmart premiere anyway, they're probably still available if you haven't. But Yeah, they probably are,
0: unfortunately. Yeah.
2: But, um, you know, we gathered here um, to discuss uh, another Superman, re- recent Superman release, um, the Blu-ray DVD release of Superman Unbound, the new uh, animated feature from DC. And um, you know, this one – Features uh, Matthew Bomer as the voice of Superman, yep. and uh, Stana Katik, or Katik, or I don't know. have and, no idea uh, how to pronounce that name. No but, idea. As Lois Lane. Who you would know her as Beckett from the TV series Castle. True. And Matt Bomer is from White Collar. He right. plays Neil Caffrey on White Collar. And uh, Molly Quinn, who's also from Castle, right? Uh, as uh, Supergirl. And on and Castle, she plays Castle's daughter. Mm-hmm. And John Noble from Fringe. Um, as a Brainiac, so pretty all star cast there as far as you know, well all star as far as TV is concerned. I tell you but what, all from class TV shows.
1: You know, having watched the movie, uh, hearing you know uh, Stan and and uh, Molly Quinn voicing you know two very prominent characters in the show, I kept wanting Superman to be voiced by Nathan Fillion. You know, just kind of round out that whole castle feel. That's that. I mean, I, I did. I, I, I well, man, if Nathan Fillion voiced this guy. That would have been great.
0: See, I'm <laughs> so used to Nathan Fillion being Hal Jordan, though.
1: Right. Well, and that's you know, Paul said the same thing to me when I mentioned it to him earlier this week. I don't care about any of that.
2: I want my castle <laughs> Superman. He's got too distinctive of a voice to to play multiple DC characters. Not only that, he's played Hal Jordan before, and he's going to be playing him in the new Flashpoint series as well do not muddy the waters with your fats paul
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: so uh superman unbound you know it came out just recently i got the best buy exclusive edition that comes with the uh, little brainiac action figure I, I just really enjoy the way you say bigger bigger <laughs> it's my action figure. f-i-g-g-e-r figure that's right that's
1: right yeah i was just jigging around with my action figure bigger uh-huh,
0: yeah. yeah. See, my it? version's not any of the exclusive ones. I was actually walking through Target hoping they would have some of the Superman toys and uh, I glanced over and it's like, "Oh, I forgot that was coming out." So I got mine at Target as an impulse buy.
2: Yeah, that's what I did with Lego Batman. Um, but I'm glad because even the Walmart one had the uh Clark Kent Lego there's a new Lego Batman movie out, by the way, in case you didn't know. That also features Lego Superman and Lego Justice League in it.
0: Yeah, I've I've mentioned this before elsewhere, but uh, Lego Batman 2 is the best Superman video game I've ever played. And that makes me want them to make a Lego Superman game because they did a great job of capturing Superman within Lego Batman. Well, if the Man of Steel movie does well, I'm sure they will. Yeah. yeah.
2: So going back to Superman Unbound, though um, – you know, directed by James Tucker. And, uh, you know, I think we're going to have differing opinions on this based on a, a previous conversation Aaron and I had. Aaron, what did you think of Superman Unbound? Well,
1: you know, uh, Superman Unbound is based heavily on uh, Jeff Johns' story. And, yes, uh, the, uh,
2: the story collected as Superman Brainiac. Yeah. Uh, and, and, which is art by Gary Frank.
1: And I really enjoyed that run that uh, that Jeff Johns had with Gary Frank on, on the Superman books. Um, I... I I did not love this movie, but I liked it a great deal. There were some things that bugged me about it, but I rather enjoyed it, and I'm glad I own it on Blu-ray. Um, the uh, there was was an artistic style that I would have preferred had they stuck more to like a uh, animated series kind of look to it. Um, but you know, I got past that. Um, I I rather enjoyed this story, though. I had a problem with Superman telling Brainiac to go to hell. And I had a problem with Lois Lane flipping off Brainiac. Those were those were two moments that stood out to me as being uncharacteristic of these characters.
0: Even you don't the think character- Lois Lane would flip up, would flip off Brainiac?
1: No, I don't. I think I, I I think it's a little crass for Lois Lane. I think Lois Lane would tell him to you know to go fuck himself. I think she would she would be obscene in that <laughs> manner, but I don't think that Lois Lane would flip somebody the bird. I think she's too verbal for that.
2: What if she flashed her boobs? Would that have been more Lois Lane?
1: I, I you know, I think uh I think Lois Lane is uh it, it would not flash someone their boobs. I <laughs> don't think she would do that. I I, th- I think that's not a Lois Lane move. I think that's a Paula Ponte move. I don't think yeah. that's a Lois Lane move. Huh, I'm doing it right now. Uh, yeah, I know you are, I can tell. Paul, turn your camera off. <laughs> 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 we don't need to video chat this. Paul, stop.
2: <laughs> Audio only. Audio only. <laughs>
0: I, I do have to say, I had some of the same uh, issues with the art initially. Uh-huh. It wasn't that it was bad; it just wasn't what I was expecting, it, and yeah. uh, I got used to it very quickly. I did. I got used to it as well. Though
1: I do think that there were times where I felt like Brainiac could have been rendered more effectively. There were times where I was just like, "Eh, you know," I just I don't I disagree with the art direction in some, in some circumstances. But I did feel like he was an appropriate threat to Superman. I did feel, you know, Superman was at risk. I love that we brought Bottle City of Candor into it. Uh though, you know, it it's amusing to me there are literally thousands of these worlds to save. You know, these little cities and bottles. And Superman just grabs two. I'm gonna take Metropolis, I'm gonna take Candor, I'll come back for the others if I can. <laughs> <laughs> if time permits I'll save the millions of other people, but these are the people I know. I'm taking them. I mean, I think he could have wrapped them up in his super cape and taken more. But, you know, Superman, I think he's like, I only got two arms. I'm a Superman, but I only
2: got two arms. You know. We, and <laughs> well, it was he's got to hold them up straight.
0: <laughs> it was also interesting to me that he has the conversation with uh, Supergirl about, oh, I know a good planet with a nice red sun to put them under. Yeah, what the fuck? Like, why would you do that? Yeah. You know that you get superpowers it's like yeah in the end they probably turn evil and all but why wouldn't you put them under a yellow sun yeah why,
1: why go ahead and cripple them and make them vulnerable to the next guy that comes along yeah no i thought the same
2: thing <laughs> right, i well, say, you know what I've happens mentioned... when he doesn't people we read in world of new krypton well but that was because he put it on in our solar system you go
1: find him a place on the other side of the galaxy you know don't put him in our backyard you know, because
0: we don't, you know we don't uh, what their kind in our backyard.
1: Under under this yellow sun, I am imbued with exactly the powers of a mortal man. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, here I am under my well, really, probably a little less.
2: <laughs> <laughs> your wee fit age does not match your real age. Ah. <sighs> So, Paul, I gather you did not care for Superman Unbound. I actually did not care for Superman Unbound. Tell me why. Um, yeah, you know, I really was excited about it. Maybe my expectations were too high because I really love the Superman Brainiac story. So you like the Jeff Johns source material. Correct. I love the Jeff Johns source material. Um, but the movie just didn't work for me. The changes that it made to the story didn't necessarily, um, work for me, um, The characterizations just felt. Some of the characters just felt too out of character. Um, You know, one of the things that really bugged me was the art style. Especially, there were scenes where Superman would punch or would fly, and his body would go extra stretched out in this anime influenced design. And and I just did not care for that.
1: And particularly when he goes just, you know, all, you know, Superman badass on Brainiac. You've got that combat scene, so they're doing the still images with the vibrating background, and yeah, I did not care for that
2: either. Yeah, I just it it didn't work for me.
1: It um, seems like well, and you know, in comparison to our first episode of Superman with Aaron and Polly, um, where we talk about Last Son of Krypton, and you've got those beautiful scenes where Superman is beating the shit out of the you know uh, the Lexel suit, you know the the the, the Lexos scale minus yeah, nine thousand, mm-hmm. yeah, and you know you've got these just beautiful combat and whatnot, and it's 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 magically rendered and it felt like a cheap
2: shortcut in superman unbound exactly if yeah. the the film felt cheap and dc has produced other animated and i know they're cheaply produced but well, they've but, produced other movies that do not have the same cheap feel and this one felt cheap to me it felt like a low budget so, i mean i've seen more spectacular episodes of superman the animated series
1: well and compare it to um, uh, batman dark knight returns you know a recent dc mm-hmm. animated feature um and the fight between uh, Batman and Joker, and the fight between Batman and Superman, both of those much better rendered. Uh, yeah. Both both of those, you know, you felt like. I mean, that Superman Batman fight, I that's probably one of the best animated fights around. I'm not saying yeah. it's the
0: best, but it's one of the best. See, um, I compared it a lot to uh, Under the Red Hood because they we're doing the same thing. We're taking a really popular storyline and we're adapting it. And I think Under the Red Hood did a much better job artistically as well. No, I agree. I
2: agree. Well, I don't, and if we want to talk apples to apples, I'll talk Superman Unbound versus Superman versus the Elite.
0: Yeah. And I Superman was versus really the Elite. surprised by how much I enjoyed Superman versus the Elite. Yeah, I, I loved think, that movie. Like this one, I've, I've said I'm a huge Supergirl fan. and I really loved Supergirl in this one. I thought she was handled incredibly well. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick between which of the two movies I enjoyed more superman versus the elite i enjoyed more well and uh supergirl has a has a character arc you know yes and mm-hmm. that's what i re- really liked about it is yeah we haven't seen character development very often for supergirl throughout any of the superman series yeah she's just been the supporting character i mean they've done if they did a few things in the animated series and in uh, justice league unlimited there was one episode but this is the first time we really get her character and we get growth and she gets to stand on her own. And I, that's one of the things I enjoyed about it. I thought it was a great super girl movie.
2: Yeah. And honestly, the voices I thought were fine. I I have no problem with any of the voice actors. I thought they all did an admirable job. I think the problems for me really were the animation and the writing. Yeah. Um, You know, I mean the fact that Lois Lane and Clark Kent are dating, but they don't tell anyone. Because he's Superman, I, I didn't quite understand the logic there.
0: Well, and it, se- it seems like that they've they obviously aren't doing any continuity from the uh, the animated series, right? Because this is his first meeting with Brainiac, and Brainiac is not just a computer. But the movies, while they all seem standalone and they're not continuing the continuity, they do seem to be developing that because starting with uh, Superman Doomsday, you've had that of. She knows who he is. They've been dating as Superman. The Clark Camp part of It's Been a Secret. And they've been progressing their relationship throughout the movies. Well, and, and they were
1: they were sleeping together in Elite, weren't they? Yeah. Was there yeah, a were, scene where, where they were in bed together?
0: They yeah, were sleeping they were together numbers. in uh, Superman it. Doomsday too. <laughs> <laughs> Superman Doomsday, he takes her up to the fortress and they uh, they do it up That's in the true. fortress. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So they've yeah. been,
0: they've had this going as a theme throughout all of the movies, and I do like that they at least are tying them together that way. But yeah, I didn't get that either. Of uh, why can't you date her as Clark? Yeah. Yeah. If yeah you're it doesn't make any sense. If,
1: well, it seemed if if to me a like
0: secret identity is going to be revealed. Why do you have it to begin with? It seemed to me like it was a
1: cheap way to give uh, Kal-El slash Clark slash Superman uh, a, a story, a character arc, you know, because he starts off in the show saying, well, you know, we got to be on the down low. Um, and at the end of the show, he's like, hey, will you marry me? You know,
2: which is, you know, that was the biggest WTF ending. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, he came goes, out of marry me? Yeah, And then, out. bam, credits roll. I'm like, yeah. what? Now, I will <laughs> say, I, the,
1: the, there are some of the writing I very much enjoyed on this show. And, you know, you've got uh, the character that's voiced by, uh, oh, crap, the guy that voiced Batman on uh, Brave and the Bold.
2: Oh, Diedrich Bader? Yeah,
1: Diedrich Bader. And so, you know, his character, which is, uh, I'm I just not remembering anybody's names, he's <laughs> the big jock sports journalist. Um, oh, yeah. God, and now I'm
2: blanking on his name, too.
1: So anyway, do he he's the he's the jerky guy in the office, always hitting on Lois, and you know you know uh, Kent's a, 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 a you know a milksop uh, for our absence of a better term, and so uh, he says, well you know I've got I got Clark Kent figured out, I know his secret. Oh, you know his secret? Yeah, I know his secret. You know he's he's you know he, he's built. He you know is is secretive about his personal life, won't tell you who he's dating or if he's dating. I think Clark's gay. I died. <laughs> died i'm like oh my god he's right
2: <laughs> <laughs> Mark <and say>. it's <laughs> the uh, the character's name i was yeah.
0: thinking lombardi but I, I knew that wasn't right but uh yeah, i have to say i all of the things i really enjoyed about the movie when i think back about it now and i look at it most of it were supergirl stuff nothing. i loved supergirl down on the farm yeah i loved her <laughs> interactions and the yeah uh, the whole idea of you know, Ma and Pa can't know, and they realize that Supergirl is not Clark, right. and this is not where she's meant to be, but Clark can't realize that. Right. And yeah. just, they did a really good job with Supergirl, and that's one of the reasons I enjoyed the movie so much. The Superman stuff, I didn't enjoy nearly as much as the Supergirl stuff.
2: And I will say, the success that he had with the Supergirl items in this movie really made me make me hope that one day they'll adapt that Superboy, the Boy of Steel, um story arc from Jeff Johns and Francis Manupol. Oh yeah. Where Superboy Superboy's living with the Kents and, you know, it's kinda of got this little bit of a small bill X Files vibe. Well and wouldn't that,
1: wouldn't that be a great place for Jeff Johns to complete that story? Yes. You know, and give You're us right. Superboy's arch enemy cuz you know, we we heard that, you know, he was going to be his best friend and then he was going to be his arch enemy, his greatest enemy. And we never got to see that storyline develop. Wouldn't that be awesome to see that happen in an animated feature? Agreed. Absolutely. Now, now, the thing that I find very interesting about the the tack that DC is taking with uh, their Superman animated features is you know the things that in the comics that they say. You know we can't have a married Superman. We can't have all of this. You know backstory and you know we need to make Superman for a new era. But the animated features are really embracing all of that backstory. They're 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 embracing the iconic nature of Superman and his supporting cast. They're embracing really 1980 slash 1990 Superman.
0: Mm-hmm. I have to wonder if they're going to change that going forward, though, because the next big movie is Flashpoint, and Paul has made the suggestion that they're going to use that as a chance to reboot and basically bring new 52-type stories into the the animated, and I think they might actually do that. No, you're right. They, they might actually do that. I would hate that, but
1: uh, they might actually do that.
2: I mean, it's a, here's the thing. It's a quality production. That being said… You know, I, I, I you know DC does produce quality animations, you know, so even if they do more New 52 designs or anything like that, I think, you know, we'll still be there to watch them, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and
0: then, actually, I, I really enjoyed this one. It wasn't yeah. the the best, but I would put it ahead of uh, the original Superman Brainiac one they did. The first uh, one they did oh, after. Brainiac yeah, yeah, that was
2: before they started this line. But yeah, that was a terrible one. But I'd put it again uh, above uh, Superman Doomsday which was the first um, one in this DC line. No, online. no, because I cried in Superman Doomsday. Did you
1: really? Well, I was running a temperature of about 104 at the time. <laughs> I hadn't really slept in four days, so that may have had something to do with it, but I did cry in Superman oh. Doomsday. The scene <laughs> where, where, where Lois is, is you, know, sit, you know, kneeled over his
2: body, you know, I'm just <laughs> – this poor Superman. Yeah. Superman Doomsday was terrible. You had Superman <laughs> yeah. voiced by Adam Baldwin, and Doomsday was voiced by, um, what's that lady's name? Um, <laughs> the one who was married to Lou Diamond Phillips. Crickets,
1: Crickets. Yeah, you're asking <laughs> the wrong
2: Anne, people Anne for that one. Anne Heche as Lois Lane. You know, oh, have that you was seen a terrible that? movie.
0: Have you seen it more than once? Superman Me? Doomsday? No. Yeah, because I watched it the first time, and I hated it. I liked the Doomsday Fight. I thought it was done well, but I hated the rest of the movie. So then I had so many people telling me how much they liked it that I went back and I gave it a second chance, and I didn't hate it the second time. I still put it on the bottom of the list, but when I went back and watched it again – I did enjoy it more than I did the first time. The things that bothered me the first time didn't bother me as much the second time.
2: I cried too. When Lex Luthor straddles Superman in the movie, I cried. <laughs> 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 and I, I, died a little inside too. <laughs> well, on that note, we're going to wrap up our Superman. <laughs> Unbound now, before we get into our, uh, our commentary of the episode, um, if you are interested in the free prequel comic digital code, um, the prequel comic from Man of Steel that we talked about earlier, um, to, to, to enter to win a digital code, leave us a comment on this show at ideologyofmadness.com. Um, look specifically for this episode and leave your comment there. Give us a, you know uh, an idea for a future episode, what you'd like us to chat about um what you may like about the show what you don't like about the show any type of colorful feedback or constructive feedback i guess not colorful feedback um or you can do that on our uh, ideology of madness hotline aaron do you know the number uh, that number is
1: 972-763-5903 once again that number is nine seven two seven six
2: three five nine zero three. now stick around um because coming up next we have a uh dvd commentary on the superman the animated series episode fun and games which was the uh, first episode post pilot and featured the introduction of toyman
1: welcome back to superman with aaron and polly episode two very exciting and in which we uh we we heap our love our love grown super under this yellow sun of ours on superman
2: Indeed. Mm. So, you know, these these first couple of episodes, we're probably going to focus a little bit on Superman, the animated series, just because it's kind of what's on our minds right now. Yeah. Um, You know, but obviously we're open to uh, uh, ideas from the listeners. You know, tell us you know what you would like us to 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 do commentary on or review or talk about. I mean, there's a ton of Superman media out there. We're going to not just talk about the shows. But we're also going to talk about you know some of the Superman animated and live action movies. Um, you know, Superman graphic novels, and Aaron mentioned possibly even novels. Possibly, possibly, <laughs> possibly, and even right the, now, even like uh, the radio drama. Oh yeah, that right would be a
1: good so uh, all kinds of good stuff for us to chat about.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Today, we're continuing our focus on the Superman animated series, and we're going to talk about episode four of the series, which is called Fun and Games. It originally premiered on September 7th, 1996, the day after The Last Son of Krypton premiered as a pilot movie. Um, This episode is about uh, Bruno Mannheim and his problems with the mysterious Toy Man. And, uh, you know, we're going to. The reason we're we're focusing on this episode is, you know, one, I would like to talk about Toy Man. And two, Bruno Mannheim plays a lot into the ongoing series mythology dealing with Darkseid and all that. Um, It's one of the first times I saw an animated series that had an ongoing mythology, that had you know, a storyline that, you know, you know kind of like the X-Files. It kind of took the X-Files way mm-hmm. of doing things that you had one, in, you know, done in one episode, and every once in a while you'd pop in a mythology episode. And, um, you know, with the Superman animated series, it was the, uh, the Fourth World stuff, the Dark Side stuff. Well, and it was great that things that happened in
1: one episode affected the next episode, and you didn't have a whole lot of that in cartoons that preceded this.
2: You still don't to a certain extent. True. You know, I mean, outside of DC or Marvel, you know, outside of comic based animation, mm-hmm. you really don't have that. Yeah, it's you know, been I mean,
1: one of the things I've enjoyed so much about uh, DC's Young Justice, you know, the, the DC Nation Young Justice, as well as the Green Lantern animated series, is that, you know, the, it all builds off of the previous episode. Um, and it's what I'm going to miss about those those two shows that have been canceled.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then you know, we'll see where Batman takes it. But I'm pretty sure the new Teen Titans will probably be more done in one episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh,
1: you know, this episode features the toy man. And uh Toyman is actually a little near and dear to my heart because you know I started reading comic books back in 75 and started reading uh superhero comics in 76 and Superman was the first superhero comic that I ever read. In fact, uh you know I I've, I've still got the the first two issues of Action Comics. That I read in which Superman gets hit so hard he's thrown 200 years into the past to the signing of the Declaration of Independence. But uh, one of the <laughs> early Superman stories I read was an, it was Superman issue 305 in which Superman fights the Toy Man. And there's this great cover that Kurt, Kurt Swan did for uh, that, that issue in which Superman takes a giant statue of himself and uses it to wreck Toy Man's uh, robot uh figure of himself so it's you know it's a it's a super large superman uh wielded by superman used as a club to uh beat apart the uh toyman robot
2: <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> well should we uh, should we start the episode so we can talk a little bit more about sure Toy man and, sure yeah I, I, so uh, if you are watching we are starting the episode now yep now and- All right, it it started. Bugs Bunny has eaten this carrot, and we are on the opening credits uh, with right. the Shirley Walker theme. Very good.
1: Oh, no, the Krypton exploding
2: <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we were talking about Toy Man. I don't remember much about Toy Man. Really? To be honest with you, as a character. Um, and I think everything I know about Toy Man either came from this episode or came um, – from when Jeff Johns was on Action Comics, he did a a, a Toyman, um, a, a kind of a, a one shot Toyman comic that uh, you know was really heavily inspired by the Toyman from the animated series. Toyman's just creepy as fuck. He really is. Yeah. But I mean, and but I just I think what happens with a lot of Superman's villains is that people just don't know how to write them. Yeah, you know because. You, you know how do you write the same villains over and over and try to give them you know new motivations and things like that you know i mean batman villains seems like you know people always are able to do it but superman it seems whenever a new writer comes on the title he doesn't want to tackle the classic villains he always wants to bring in new villains sure so we've got the futuristic metropolis pd cars which still managed to run into fire
1: hydrants yes 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 now, clearly, you know, Superman hasn't been in town very long because you still have guys running around in ski masks trying to, uh, you know, do bad things. And of course, Superman's just going to show up and, and take care of this business because Metropolis PD just not up to the task. Well, duh. Hey, they know. just
2: passed to Macy's. Yeah. Yeah. And here comes the big red S. <laughs> That's a lot of smoke from one little grenade. Yeah. So and you can I, see the animation probably not as great as the animation from that first uh, episode. You know, definitely a change in quality. Yeah. You know, watching them in sequence like we are right now, yeah. you, you can definitely tell the change in quality. Look at big bags of money. All right. We scored big time. Hello, <laughs> boys. <laughs> uh, so Uh-oh. we were talking about Toy Man. This is I, – I love the appearance of Toy Man in this. I love the design, the character design with the big head. He's just so creepy. Uh-huh. He's like a, a, a walking mannequin. Yeah. You know, a toy. And you never see him under yeah. the mask. I don't yeah. – I, I not even in Justice League, you never see him under the mask. Kind of like, um, you know, when uh, Batman the Animated Series redesigned the Scarecrow. Uh-huh. You know, he was kind of – you know, it was, is it a mask, isn't it type thing. You know, what does he look like under the mask? They, they they had some really creepy redesigns and i just yeah. cuz i don't I, like i said what the what the hell did toy man look like before this
1: well you know in the comics you know he was a dude wearing a a comically striped jacket with uh, purple and blue stripes purple pants and a big purple bow tie and you know really i got to tell you that the the comic version of toy man just struck me as a pedophile you know i mean i mean, it really did i mean there was just something very creepy about him you know, yeah. and I don't—I don't ever believe that was intentional that they—that they were trying to hit that pedophile vibe, but that's certainly what uh, what I picked up from it. That you know, don't you don't want to be, you know, don't let your mom out of your sight because uh, you know, Toyman will get you. Well, he'll,
2: and I think that's kind of a vibe you get from this guy too, to be honest with you. Yeah, which is an interesting vibe from a kids' TV show. <laughs> but you got Superman there. Yeah. So you know, Toy Man is vo- voiced by Bud Cort. Mm-hmm. I don't um, know who that is. Both Court played Harold in Harold and Maud. Uh-huh. And was in Brewster McCloud. Um he, he, he was very popular back around then. He was uh in MASH as Private Lorenzo Boone. Mm-hmm. But that, that doesn't help me. No, no. But perhaps
1: Pa Kent knows him.
2: Perhaps. Uh huh. So but yeah, I mean, um he he hasn't been uh very Oh, he was in Dogma. <laughs> Yeah, cameo in Dogma. But anyway, his his biggest role is Harold in Harold and Maude Hmm. from 1971. Right. You know, and, uh, well, other than Toy Man, obviously.
1: So, you know, there's the armored car all beat to shit by uh, Toy Man's bouncy ball. And I think it's important to note that the bouncy ball hurt Superman. Mm
2: -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we're dealing with the depowered Superman, which, you know, while the comics were going in the opposite direction around this time, I mean, Superman... At some point, Superman has been able to do everything in the world. You know, he's moved planets. At some point, he started seeing auras. You know, he had microscopic visions, telescopic vision, x-ray vision. I mean, he was basically getting super, even more super in the comic books. What they were doing on the series was depowering him more to his original, you know, more what you expected from the original Superman.
1: Well, and it's very much like uh, the Fleischer cartoons. You know, mm-hmm. where where he can be harmed. He's not, uh, you know, the ultimate superpower. He's certainly super, but he is not uh,
2: godlike.
1: You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, and that's the Superman, I gotta be honest, that's the Superman I I think works best. Because mm-hmm. when you get into the godlike Superman, you know, then it's it, it becomes harder to identify and harder to write stories for him. And, you know, I've read plenty of stories with that godlike Superman, and the ones that I like better are where he's a little more down to earth you know, he's ter- you know he's yeah he's stronger than the average human but you know it does he can't stop a train with a pinky you know i mean it takes a little bit of effort sure and so we just saw bruno Mannheim, and now uh, bruno Mannheim plays very heavily into the fourth world aspects of the show he does he you know takes on a deal with dark side uh later on in the series actually i don't even know if that that might start in this episode mm-hmm. but he is the head of intergang you know and uh you know fans of the of the the comics know that Intergang, you know, played heavily into dark side stuff as well.
1: Well, and, and Bruno does not look like a typical mob boss at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no stereotyping going here with Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Yeah. So we've got uh, toy planes shooting up the the park. Look out, they're coming back. And I think we just cut to commercial. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, and so you'd probably see a commercial for Superman animated series action figures.
1: There you go. So, you know, you know Clark is is going to save Bruno, but Lois is going to try and save Clark. And she pulls him down. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> so do you remember when Toy Man was a little kid? Uh, we, uh, was that an episode? No, in the comic book.
1: Do I remember when he was a little kid? No, I don't.
2: Hiro Okimura? Oh, was, yes.
1: Yeah. Okay, I, now I get what you're saying. I, I thought maybe you were talking like some kind of flashback story. No, you know, no, no. When Toy Man was but a boy. Yes, I do remember. When <laughs> Toy Boy. A, a Toy Boy. Um, that sounds nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Toy Boy and the Man Love, the, the, the man Boy Love Association. <laughs> um, yes, I do. I, I don't recall reading those stories, but I do remember like seeing references to it.
2: Yeah, I remember him being you know, he was a Jeff Lowe creation. And I, I liked that, that toy man. I don't I don't think he's been around for a while. And certainly not in the new fifty two. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed seeing Toy Man on the right side of the law. But you know, again, as far as the villain toy man, this is my favorite interpretation.
1: Well, you know, it is certainly you know, far and away different from what we saw in the comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is nice. It's nice to see the, those kind of refreshing changes, particularly with somebody that you're not quite so emotionally invested in. Such as Toy Man.
2: Yeah. And boy, and just, that's a creepy, creepy smile that to, the Toy Man has. Yeah. Just the creepy face, it doesn't change. You know, it's a great design. You know, Bruno Mannheim's all pissed off now because Creepy Face toy, toy Man messed with him.
1: He's out there somewhere, the slimy little weasel. Oh, but, or maybe he's right there. Maybe he's <laughs> the one burbling up from the water. I think that I would step back from the rail. <laughs> <laughs> Because, oh, God, oh, God, it's a giant rubber duck. <laughs> oh, my God. Shoot it's a the ducky. giant rubber duck. It's a big ducky. Shoot it.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I think that uh, the rubber duck is, oh, yeah, this isn't good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And you can tell it's still, you know, they still have to show that everyone survives. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they didn't have to show that with Krypton. You didn't see a whole bunch of Kryptonians, you know. <laughs> Surviving the, the planet, yeah. Yeah. leaving the planet with parachutes on their backs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a fair point. It's
1: okay if the Kryptonians die, but humans. Yeah, does it seem to you like there's like an almost decidedly anime representation of
2: Bruno? Yeah, you know, just in, fact, in, in this the way so it has very much anime um, sensibilities. I think a yeah. lot of the animation.
1: Yeah, there was the way he was running away from the flying planes, the, the very extended uh, uh, motion of his limbs, and then the way he was swimming out from under the duck, um, just has a has a very anime sort of uh, uh, style to it.
2: Yeah, well, I think one of the things that Paul Dini and Bruce Tim talk about, in uh, if you've ever heard an interview with them, is you know th- these these TV series were done you know weekly you know there were a weekly tv show and typically done in bulk you know i mean they probably got the full order of 54 episodes and you know said make it happen and so you know these episodes were farmed out to different animation houses and though they were given the same you know character designs to work from same character turnarounds you know you you do see you know some episodes are more fluid than others some animations a little more crisp than others and you know like we were just saying you know the animation of this Has almost a different feel than the animation in the first episode. In fact, I'd venture to say the animation since the commercial break has a different feel than the animation at the beginning of the episode. I I would agree. I would agree.
1: And, you know, we're noticing a lot of the, the variance in quality. And I would venture to say if we were watching this on a standard, you know, analog television. Uh, you might not. Some of that might not be as noticeable. But you know, sure. watching it on you know a large flat screen on your Blu-ray prayer, player where it's trying to upgrade your video,
2: um, I, I, I notice a big difference. I gotta say, you know, when it first came on, when we first started the the first episode mm-hmm. in, in the, the last episode uh, uh, that we recorded, and it you know you had the uh, the letterboxing on the side. Yeah. You know, because it, it, it has been so long since I've seen anything in four by three ratio. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was it was jarring. Yeah, because uh, I just I'm so used to everything, even the freaking Justice League. You know, they, they went into widescreen, I believe, with season two. Right. You know, it, so all my animation even is done in widescreen. Yeah. You know, 1996.
1: What can I say? <laughs> oh, look, she she somebody gave Lois. This is Lois, right? Yeah. Uh, It's hard to tell because she's not wearing the skirt.
2: She's not wearing the purple outfit. (laughs) (laughs) That's why they made her in a freaking purple outfit. Because if they didn't, Aaron wouldn't know who she was.
1: (laughs) Now, I'd like to point out that when uh, uh, Lex was in his towel, we got to see quite a bit of his thigh. We do not get the same benefit of Lois in her robe.
2: Yeah. We don't even get a little cleave. Yeah.
1: That's that's disheartening. So now, you know, Lois wakes up. In what's clearly a toy man crafted dollhouse, and she is uh, wearing a fat suit apparently. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, that's not creepy at all. <laughs> and he, he's put some kind of mittens over her, so she's got like doll hands, or she doesn't have actual fingers. It's, she's kind of dressed up like a raggedy Ann, I guess. Yeah, yeah. well, a, 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 you know, a doll. Yeah, but I mean, she she seems almost. Uh, 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 more of a cloth or a rag doll than a plastic doll. You know, less like a Barbie, more like a Raggedy Ann.
2: Agreed, agreed, agreed.
1: And, <laughs> and, and I am uncomfortable with the fact that I know that much about girls' dolls. <laughs> <laughs> so that they appear to be eating cake
2: or those pancakes. Well, uh, what was he eating? He just wiped his plastic mouth. Well, I think he was eating pancakes. Yeah, but they didn't show his mouth moving. Or him shoving it under his mask. Uh, I think that was intentional.
1: Now, do you love the computers in the uh, in, in both the Batman and the Superman animated series? They've got those big ass funky keyboards.
2: Yeah, and you just type in a word, and it pops yeah. up a newspaper article. Yeah, that was the, that was the search engine back in 1996. Apparently, <laughs> DOS was the search engine. Oh, look! No, I guess you do see book. a little look at Winslow Schlott. Yeah, a little pop up book. I just don't know. I think this is his son. I don't believe it was yeah. actually Winslow if I remember correctly, or it wasn't whoever this guy was yeah
1: he was he was wreaking revenge on Bruno Mannheim because of what he had done to his father,
2: yeah' uh yeah, only the
1: toy maker Winslow shot was convicted the bad man watched
2: and laughed poor Winslow it's a lot of effort it is you know just just to explain something to Lois. Ah, see there so someone did die. he He didn't wear a parachute out of his coffin. Ah, <laughs> uh, there it is, yeah, so you do never see his the son's face, yeah,, mm-hmm. even as a kid they they obscure it. so just a, an interesting choice. He was very cool.
1: He was bounced from foster home to foster home. I think what they're saying is that there was sexual abuse there. I don't think that's what they were saying. I think that's exactly what they were saying.
2: I think you're reading too much into it that that the little boy
1: shot. Was taking shots, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, poor Winslow. Yeah, yeah. She can write with her big doll her, hands, her big mitten hands. <laughs> poor Lois. Ah, and I, Bruno. Do you like his remote control? Oh, like there's Bruno. He's in the marionette uh, getup.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> did you see this episode? Do you? Did you actually see this episode when it first aired? I did. I did. Well, I mean, it was the day after. So, I mean, I was still.
1: Yeah, I was I was a little bit better about watching the Superman animated series at that point because the 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 movie had come out. And I mean, like I said, I'd watch that over and over again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I wore that VHS out. And they're going to run him through the little little toy soldiers are going to run him through. They're going to get him. But no, Lois won't stand for that. Lois will knock over the toy soldiers.
2: Yeah, I like how active Lois was in this series. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, Lois, Lois has always been an active character.
1: Yeah, she's not a victim. You know, she uh, she she very much is
2: uh, is someone who 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 is heroic in her own right. You know what I was thinking about last night? When was the last time you read a comic book where a character's depowered support, uh, unpowered, you know, supporting cast was really in danger? Other than death of the family with Alfred. But, you know, when a character supporting cast was actually in danger, like a Lois, I don't remember the last time Superman had to save Lois. Uh, It's like, you know, I mean, you know, Thor doesn't have to save what's her face. Jane Foster. Jane Foster. You know, Uh Spider-Man hasn't really had to save Mary Jane. You know, I mean, it's well, there was Spider Island. Yeah, I guess that's true. It, It just seems like it's a it's a not a you know, it's a it's a classic storytelling device that they haven't been using very much lately.
1: Well, and I think that that there's so much pressure, you know, because most of our superheroes are guys, and you know, I think there's that pressure to not make women uh, victims.
2: Well, and I agree with that, but I I kind of miss a little bit of the damsel in distress story. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not something you see as common nowadays, probably because they're trying to avoid that trope of, you know, of of you know making women seem like victims. But I think you could do it like this. I mean, Lois is clearly not a victim here, right? You know, she's not getting abused. She's doing, you know, she's actively fighting against the guy. Mm-hmm. No,
1: I agree. I, the, uh, I, I'm trying to think back when it was the last time I, I read a Superman story currently that, uh, had that kind of thing going on. And I, I don't recall it, you know, you, you don't have those stories as much anymore where Lois gets kidnapped, you know? Yeah. I
2: and agree. Has to fact, be you, don't, you don't have Lois much in the book anyway.
1: So true. But,
2: you know, shortly
1: before the, uh, new 52, Superman wasn't around. Superman was the absentee husband in uh, those books. You know, he, true. He so she all-
2: needed saving from him.
1: <laughs> yeah, she needed saving from her abusive relationship, <laughs> you know, her, her the emotionally abusive relationship. But you know, he was all doing his walkabout, and uh, prior to that, he was on New Krypton. So I mean, they're yeah. really I, Lois was off doing her own thing.
2: Yeah, I just you know, like Batman is written by someone who's clearly inspired by the animated series. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish Superman was too. Well, you know, maybe we'll see more of that with Scott Labdell. I mean, we're, yeah. we're
1: we're getting a really good Superman story right now in the Hell on Earth story.
2: Well, hell, we're getting super we're getting Scott Snyder on Superman. So, Yeah. later this year. That's very exciting. So, you know, Superman has saved everyone but Toyman.
1: Oh, poor Toyman. But, you know, he saved that 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 no good, you know, Bruno Mannheim. And look, here's Clark giving a cup of hot coffee to uh to to Lois. <laughs>
2: So I guess this is not the episode where Bruno starts his uh, his dark side stuff. That must come later in the series.
1: But it, it does introduce Bruno so that you know who the hell he is when uh, he and dark side start uh, writing love notes to one another.
2: And then you saw the cracked Toyman mask. That's right, implying That's right. that you know he would be deformed or something. But you yeah. never actually see him under the mask anyway. So and end credits. So uh, what did you think of this one, Paul? You know. I I still think the Toyman design is extremely creepy. Uh-huh. As an episode, it's it's serviceable. I mean, it's not a great episode by any means. You, it is, you know, it's not it's certainly not one of my favorite episodes.
1: What do you think of it as a follow up to Last Son of Krypton? Um, eh, eh. yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know that uh, that it follows up really well. Um, I'm not sure that that it was probably the, the, the best episode. To have following up such a fantastically strong movie and start of, of Last Son of Krypton. But, you know, it does a couple of things. It it shows that, you know, there are some homegrown bad guys, you know, and you've got two of them in this episode. you got Toy Man and you got Bruno Manheim. Um, it does show that Lois is strong on her own and can, can handle a situation. You know, if Superman hadn't showed up, I think Lois might have been able to get
2: out of that on her own. Yeah, absolutely. um, I mean, again, it's not a bad episode. It's it's certainly not a bad episode. It's just, you know, I think the the following episode, which is a little piece of home, which is the Kryptonite episode, Mm -hmm. probably would have been a better follow up. But I think you know, to a certain extent, they didn't actually have much control over when these things aired. Sure, sure. um, During the time, so uh, I, I know that not necessarily all of them aired in the order they were produced anyway.
1: Yeah. But uh, you know, I think I think it's serviceable. I, I think it holds up. It does demonstrate how badly I think they need to clean these things up for Blu-ray.
2: Oh yeah, I just it, I, I need them to do that yesterday. And it's really the first time where we see you know other than Lex Luthor, a classic Superman villain reinterpreted with a modern origin, you know, in this modern you know Metropolis. And uh, you know, I, I think it worked well. And I I I, lo- I think that Toyman design is. Probably, again, my favorite Toy Man design yeah. of any of them that I've seen. And I, I think I'll, you know the comics have followed suit a lot on some of the interpretations of the characters from these series. Yeah. No, I
1: think the Toy Man design is brilliant, uh, much better than than what we saw in the comic book. Oh, yeah. You know, but uh, so, you know, it, 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 was, it was a it was a quality show, not our highest rated, but, you know, serviceable and uh, stands up.
2: Um, again it, it serves to introduce things you know it serves to introduce the character of Bruno Mannheim you know because I, I gotta say there's another episode where the episode where Bruno Mannheim starts his interaction with Darkseid isn't right. particularly great either right um, you know that that storyline only really picks up um, with that two-parter right where uh, you know where Darkside really makes himself known um, I don't remember the name of it. Apocalypse now I think is yeah. the name of it. So, Paul. Yes, sir.
1: For our third episode, what are you thinking? You want to do the Richard Donner Superman
2: two? Superman two? Yeah. All right. Yeah, we can give that a shot.
1: The the or we you know we could do them in order. We could always do the uh, the first Superman movie with Christopher Reeve and then the
2: Donner cut. What do you think? Mm, why don't we? Yeah, let's start with the first Superman. Okay. Because I got to be honest, it's been a while since I've seen either one. Okay. So seeing them in order probably would help, and then we're going to follow that up with Superman three, starring Richard Pryor.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> you know I got to say I don't think I can sit through Superman three or four.
2: Oh, uh, Aaron, I don't. I you don't can deal with
1: four. I, I don't think. Oh God, four is so bad. <laughs> four is so bad. I you know I remember going to a uh, comic book convention before Superman four came out, mm-hmm. and they were given out uh, the Superman four Quest for Peace buttons. You know, and the big thing was, you know, don't let what happened to my world happen to yours. And (laughs) I remember one of the uh, one of the D.C. guys was looking at the but he was signing something for me and uh, he was looking at the button that I was wearing on my shirt. And he's like, but Krypton exploded of a natural disaster. How are we supposed to prevent that? (laughs) Don't let what happened to my world happen to (laughs) yours. How do we prevent that natural disaster? Like, I don't know, man, I haven't seen the movie yet. And then, you know, you saw the movie and it's like, oh, my God, this is horrible. (laughs) I remember seeing an interview with Christopher Reeve on Entertainment Tonight because he had said after the end of Superman 3 that he would not do another Superman movie. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, they approached him with the big fat paycheck. And uh, he said, well, you know, I I read the script, you know, and I I had said that I wouldn't do a Superman movie again. But I read the script and wow, I just I just uh, was really moved by the powerful writing there. And so it's oh great. So Christopher Reeves is 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 impressed with this script. It's got to be fantastic. And oh, my God, what a horrible movie that was.
2: Well, I think there was a lot of editing done on that one. If I if I remember the story correctly, there was a lot of stuff filmed that didn't end up in the final movie.
1: I don't think that there is any amount of other stuff you could (laughs) that was going to make that movie good. Uh, What what was the guy's name? Atomic Man?
2: Something like that. Oh,
1: my God. Nuclear Man? Nuclear Nuclear Man. Man.
2: Nuclear Man. Yeah, I think it was Nuclear Man. And,
1: and, you know, when you look at Superman 1 and 2, Christopher Reeve dyed his hair. He buffed up. You know, that was him under the suit, right? Well, in Superman 4 – he wears a wig because he didn't want to do the whole Superman, you know, dyeing his hair again. And he's clearly padded. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is so bad. And there's the scene in Superman Four because they're, you know, clearly the the producers are going, okay, all, everything that worked in the first Superman movie, we need to do again. So that that bit where he flies around the sky with Margot Kidder, you know, with Lois Lane, and you know, you know, can you read my thoughts? Let's do that again. So they do. It's a <laughs> horrible
2: movie. <laughs> horrible movie so do you own those movies on dvd or blu-ray uh, <laughs> fuck you paul i own <laughs> neither of them you don't you don't have the superman box set i do not i have i, I have those
1: i have uh superman one superman two and then the Donner cut <laughs> and and the return of Superman.
2: all right so you have them on dvd is yeah, what fuck you no i don't I, I don't have i don't have three and four
1: no, I'm asking you about the first two. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I have those on, on DVD.
2: <laughs> on DVD. Okay, because I, I, I was tempted to buy – they have the Blu-ray box set. Still, I have them on DVD, so I will watch them on DVD.
1: Well, I, I so, talking about Superman 4, it may be a movie that's so bad it, it's good um, in terms of conversation. I, I think we could probably heckle that pretty hard. But, uh, Bam!
2: Bam! That just happened. Oh my God! You just heard me convince Aaron to record an episode of Superman Four. But you know I what think you, That you, should be our me, next one.
1: I don't think I can watch Superman Three.
2: <laughs>
1: I, 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 you know, the best part of Superman Three is relived in uh, uh,
2: Office Space.
1: Office Space? Is that where they do it?
2: Uh, I don't remember.
1: you know where they where they talk about how you know uh, the, the the percentage of pennies that aren't deposited and they'll round down. And so there's all this money that sits out there and you can just put those half pennies in your own account. I think that's office space. Isn't I think it? That's
2: office space. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember office space.
1: Yeah. Very much. So. And, and you know, wasn't that in Superman three? <laughs> 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 ah, dear uh, God. Oh, Aaron. Oh, Paul. Oh, bother. Oh, bother. All right. Well, that wraps up another very exciting episode of Superman with Aaron and Polly. Just remember, if uh, you have a question, comment, concern, want to suggest some kind of Superman media for us to experience with you, give us a call on the Ideology of Madness hotline at 972-763-5903. If we use your voicemail on the show, you may win an Ideology of Madness surprise
2: super prize
1: super prize super surprise <laughs> well Paul always
2: yes. a pleasure uh, usually except when it's not yeah. yeah this was okay well I don't know if this was a pleasure this was serviceable much like the episode
1: hmm hmm all right then does
2: that hurt you it does uh, I, I find it
1: I, I find you hurtful Paul
2: I'm a hurtful guy yeah yeah I'm like your kryptonite yeah yeah <laughs> okay well I'm out of here all right guys thanks everybody Superman with Aaron and Polly is a production of IdeologyOfMadness.com. Superman is copyright DC Comics. Got a question or comment? Leave us a message on the Ideology of Madness hotline at 972 763 5903. If we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win an Ideology of Madness surprise. Handling of all kryptonite ore was supervised by the certified engineers at Star Labs and LexCorp. It's
0: Superman, Superman, Superman.